Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show. Thank you for finding me, and thank you for tuning in today. Now, each time we meet, I'll be sharing God's message on living the Christian life. And during our times together, I will challenge you in a variety of areas in your life, and I will encourage you to be all that you can be in your daily walk. Yes, we all have questions about life and relationships, and some of us even have doubts from day to day. But I want to remind you that God is with us, and He will not let you fail. I hope you're excited as I am to hear today's message, and let's get started. Because today, I want to begin our time together by asking you how healthy is your heart? Might you be suffering from a genetic heart condition that is no fault of yours? Maybe you have a heart issue called AFib. For those of you not familiar with this, it's when you have an irregular heartbeat caused by the firing sequences of the electrodes in your heart that have become out of whack and they're not sequenced anymore. They're just random. As I was reviewing this issue, though, I I was surprised that this is much more common in the population than I ever realized. Now, there can also be a variety of other contributing factors causing this type of condition, which, of course, we're not going to get into today because this is not a medical show. Now, could you possibly be dealing with a condition that due to your lifestyle choices have caused you to have heart troubles? This has actually been known to happen to many, many people over time. The choices we make can have physical effects on our livelihood. And for many people, this happens without them even knowing that they have a serious condition. Now, you may have any number of other types of heart conditions that might affect you physically. But what I want to know today, how healthy is your spiritual heart. For that is the theme of today's message. Jesus spoke about the heart a great number of times throughout the Bible. The heart has been used as an example of our inner life. For the heart is the source of that inner life that we all have. What we're thinking, our feelings, how we feel about things, and our Willingness to move. See, these examples all transfer to choices we make, and they transfer into the actions we eventually take. God says that he is primarily concerned about your heart. He's primarily concerned about you maintaining a healthy spiritual heart. In the first part of 1 Samuel 16, God is talking to Samuel about who the next king will be after Saul. For Samuel was trying to find someone who had similar features as Saul did. But God was warning him against judging by appearances alone. 1 Samuel 16.7 The Lord said, Do not consider his appearance or of his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. 
Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, more often than not, people end up judging by outward appearances. And when they do, many times they will miss individuals who may be lacking that physical quality that society admires, but in reality they have so much more to offer. Now, while most people spend hours upon hours each week maintaining their outward appearance, they should be spending even more time developing their inner character. Now, which one of these do you spend most of your time on? Well, okay, but thankfully, God judges by faith and character and not appearances. So what steps are you taking to improve the health of your heart today? Well, with that question, I'm going to take a few minutes and I just want to give some examples and, and some ideas of how to do that. In Mark 12, verse 38 through 40, as he taught, Jesus said, Watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for a show, they make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. Jesus is warning us against trying to make good impressions to outsiders, all the while being hypocritical from our hearts. Stop exploiting others to your advantage and being someone you're not. All right, I'm going to be firm here. Stop exploiting others to your advantage and trying to be someone that you are not. Let your actions be consistent with your beliefs. So much like uh, walk the talk. We've heard that phrase, right? Take the time to focus on your own heart and not someone else's outside appearance. If you have issues about being hypocritical at times, and you haven't heard my podcast titled, Are You a Hypocrite? It may be something you might want to consider listening to after we're done today. Now, another way to improve the health of your heart is to keep it holy. As I just shared, Jesus was trying to teach the people that many of these so-called teachers of the time were putting too much emphasis on all the wrong places. They taught that holiness would be attained simply by obeying a whole lot of rules that they themselves put into place. These rules were mainly concerned with outward appearances and actions of rituals, rather than the heartfelt obedience towards God that God desired. As Jesus is answering questions from some of these religious leaders, one particular Pharisee seemed to grasp the point that Jesus was trying to make. In Mark 12, 32 and 33, the learned Pharisee repeated what Jesus had just said. Well said, teacher. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. 
to love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, and with all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is much more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, and he said, You are not far from the kingdom of God. This Pharisee appears to be very close to making a serious life decision, according to Jesus, that I just quoted in verse 34. Now at this time, I want, I want to pause here in a message. I want to encourage you here and now, right now, that if you have not made the total commitment to follow Jesus Christ, then now is your time. Do not wait any longer. Do not be content with just being close. Take that one more step that you have been denying yourself from taking and make the commitment right now to believe and give your heart to Jesus. For tomorrow, you know not what may happen. And then again, it just may be too late. I will pause right now and allow you to pray a prayer of faith. I'm not going to give you words to say like many pastors or evangelists like to try to do. No, I'm not doing that. God doesn't want my words. He wants to hear your personal words. Your personal words he wants to hear. It doesn't have to be long, but it can be as long or as short for you to admit that you are a sinner and ask him for forgiveness and his grace. All that he wants is for you to be sincere in what you say. All right, I'm going to pause here for a moment. And for those of you that want to take that step, do it right now. If you have just spoken to God with your desire to change and follow Him, I want you to know that heaven is throwing a banquet of celebrations on your behalf, and you are the guest of honor. I want to welcome you to God's family. Hallelujah. Now we'll continue with this uh, section here. I want to I want to finish the strength in your heart by by holy, keeping it holy. And holiness is just not a matter of outward appearances. It is a matter of your heart. We're not talking about outward. We're talking about the matter of your heart. Keep your heart holy with His Word as your guide. And for your new Christians, there'll be some recommendations in what chapters to start in the Bible so that you can grasp the understanding of what it's like to be a child of God. And we'll get to that a little later. Now, I want to look at one more way that we can strengthen our hearts. No matter what we do, we must guard our hearts from the temptations and false teachings that we are subjected to each day. In Proverbs 6, 20-29, it speaks to us about the warnings of adultery and the lustfulness that is all around us causing many men and women to fall into Satan's 
temptation traps. If you begin to have feelings of lust towards someone of the opposite sex outside of your monogamous relationship, take this as a warning sign that danger is ahead. If you choose to ignore this warning, it would be just like if you were driving in the mountains and your attention is captivated by God's beauty all around you. You might drive right on by that warning sign telling you that danger lurks ahead. If you miss the sign, or if you just decide to totally ignore it, you may end up at the bottom of a ravine which would cause extreme hurt and heartache to you and all others you love because of your selfish choice. Now here's a prayer that I came across, and I apologize. I did not uh, document who it was from, so forgive me on that, but it just seems to match up right here at what we're talking about today. Lord, help me to take your words and bind them upon my heart. When I walk, may they guide me. When I sleep, may they watch over me. When I awake, may they speak to me. May they be like a lamp and a light keeping me on the way to life. Guard my heart, O Lord. Amen. Now, as we continue to go through life, we are told many times of what to look like, how to act, how to respond, what to say, when to say, who to listen to, and so much more. We're told many times. Someone is always trying to tell us who to be, who to be like. Someone's always trying to tell us to blame all the circumstances when you don't get your way. Now, who do you think this person is in your life? A mentor that you trust and value? Would they say those kind of things to you? How about a colleague? Maybe a parent? Or possibly a sibling. How about Satan himself? Mm, well, sure, that that's as good as anybody else, isn't it? See, I find that we always want to use him as an excuse when we run out of all the other excuses and options that we can think of. But that, as much as you may want it to be, is not the real answer. The fact is, there is one person who has more influence in your life than anybody else. Have you figured it out yet? It's you! Yes, it's you! What? I know what you're saying. You're saying, what? Is Craig talking about? It's you. And the reason behind this is no one talks to you more than you. You and I are in an endless conversation with ourselves all the time. And during these discussions, we talk about life. We talk about family. We talk about colleagues, friends, peers, co-workers, enemies, and of course, we talk about God himself. And these conversations with ourselves are very important because they are formative 
in everything we desire, everything we choose, and everything that we do. Now let me ask you a question here. What have you been saying to you lately? What have you been sharing with you about the meaning of life and your purpose? Right and wrongs. Truths and falsehoods. Good and bad. What have you been saying to you about God? You see, we're always preaching some type of gospel to ourselves. One day, you're telling yourself about being lonely, about the poverty you feel in your life and your own abilities or lack thereof. Or you might be sharing about God's presence, his power and provisions that he provides you each day. Now on another day, you might be telling you about the fears you have to fight through each day. Or it might be your voice saying how God provides you courage and hope because every day is a new day. Now, each day you're telling yourself something bad, or you might be telling yourself something good, and I hope you are. And for some of those days, maybe it just all runs together and you can't tell the difference because it all sounds the same anyway. Honestly, though, folks, it all depends on what is specifically taking place in your life on a particular day as to what you end up saying to yourself. Okay, if, if that is a true statement, though, what I just said, how do you determine and categorize what is a good day or a bad day for you? Now think about that for a moment. What do you use to measure the differences? Emotions, feelings, attitudes, your interactions with others. And if that is so, Will you actually let others determine how your day goes? Now, for many of you, the answer is yes, you do. But the danger here is when you allow external influences and other people affect your attitudes and feelings, it is usually not very pretty. And this is kind of confusing to me, but why would you want to allow others to affect you in this way in the first place? Why would you want to do that? Now, from what I've seen over the years, when people make choices, such as choosing their attitude and uh, particular action for a day, and then that day turns out to be a lousy day, or a sad day, or an anger day, these people always seem to have a scapegoat. They have someone or something to blame for their lousy, sad, bad, anger day. And when that takes place, the bottom line is that they don't want to be responsible for their actions and attitudes. Plain and simple. Now, how are you doing in life with your daily expectations? Do you like to play the blame game too? Or... You take full responsibility each day for who you are and what you do. Think about that for just a quick moment. It's not just what you hope that you are all about. 
but take an honest assessment of you. What are you saying to you right now about this? Now come tomorrow, when you feel as if no one understands what you're going through, because no one could go through what you're going through. You're, you're the only one. It doesn't happen to anybody else. And your feelings and your emotions are all over the place. What gospel are you going to preach to you? When you face discouraging days of despair and so-called uh, setbacks, what message will you share with you? And when life seems too hard and unfair, what gospel will be preaching to you? It is true that no one talks to you more than you do. So in work or parenting, your marriage or any other issue seems just too difficult and overwhelming to deal with. What are you going to choose to say to you? Now before you make that choice, Look into the mirror and confess that you are the greatest problem. Now, I know what you want to say. You say, Craig, now why do you say I'm the biggest problem? It's not my fault. Well, that's a pretty good question, but just think about it for a moment. We are the biggest problem to ourselves because sin is a matter of the heart before it ever becomes an issue of our behavior. I'll say it again. Sin is a matter of the heart before it ever becomes an issue of our behavior. This means our biggest problem in life exists inside of us and not outside, as so many of you want to believe. This way... You can cast the blame on other people or other circumstances anytime you feel bad about your actions or attitude. So if you believe it's outside, blame it on somebody else and scapegoat your way out. But if you really listen here and accept that the biggest problem in life exists inside of us, there are things you can do about it. Okay, for example, let's look at a couple of examples of people blaming external sources here. Ask that single woman why she's so moody and unhappy. All right? She won't say it's because of bitterness and envy that has consumed her heart for many years. No, not at all. She's not going to admit that. She will try to tell you that she is the way she is because of all the ways that her life has been so hard and so disappointing. And she just falls into depression and despair because of the hardships she's experienced. Or how about talking to that father when you ask him, why is he so angry all the time? Well, I guarantee you right now, he won't tell you it's because of his own selfishness and impatience. Of course he won't. He will try to say that it is all the kids' fault because they drive him crazy. He wants to blame the kids. But when we all know it's just an excuse for his unacceptable, guilty behavior that he fights through each day. 
Now, when you look into the mirror on the way out and you confess that it is truly you that is the problem, don't ask God just to save you from other people and the circumstances, situations that you're going to come across that, that, that affect your attitude. No, don't do that. What you need to be asking God for is to receive his grace to rescue you from you. Ask him to receive his grace to rescue you from you. Now tell me, what do you think about the influence you have on you right now? What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself? What challenge have you been asking yourself? I want to take a look at Psalm 51 here for a moment. See, in Psalm 51, David is crying out for mercy and forgiveness and cleansing of his own heart. Yes, he's made some mistakes, some many mistakes along the way, as we all do, but he has chosen to repent to God and learn from his mistakes. Now, do we always choose to follow through with that on our mistakes? Do we choose to repent? Once we discover what we've done, and do we learn from those mistakes so they don't happen again? See, David had always loved God, and he obeyed him throughout much of his life. And here, all he wanted to do was just get right with him again. 51.1 Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, wash away all my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7, cleanse me. Verse 12, restore me. 14, save me. See, verse 51 is a psalm about repentance and cleansing our hearts before God. And reading this psalm, we hear and we feel David's confession of his guilt. And this psalm has helped. Many, many people examine their insides of their heart and their lame excuses, their half-hearted repentance attempts, which can keep them from experiencing God's grace. When you have a repentance, it's either all or nothing. You can't, can't be half-hearted, you can't be halfway. You either repent or you don't. There's no right and offense on that. See, the good news is, people that these words can also give you and I hope when we confess our sins in Psalm 51. Like David, when we confess our sins, we must ask God to cleanse us from within. In 51.7, he says, Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Hyssop branches were used by the Israelites in Egypt when they placed the blood of the lamb on their door frames of their homes, keeping them safe from the death during what is now part of the Passover celebration. This is written in Exodus. And if you want to read more about this particular branch, it's in Exodus 12:22, I believe. See, the right conduct that we portray can only come from a clean heart and a spirit. And to have this, all you have to do is ask God to create a pure heart in you each day. 
Thank you for tuning in to hear God's message on living the Christian life today. I pray, folks, that you have received what you were looking for through this message. For God will honor your prayers. Speak out to him. Talk to him. He will honor them. And remember, if you have comments or prayer needs, please send them to me, Craig Tim Podcast, all one phrase, at gmail.com. We want to stand with you. As, as, as we prepare here now to, to, to end today's message, I want to share the words of a well-known song with you. And I want you to take a moment and just listen to these words as it really goes with what our message has been about today. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. And then the chorus is repeated about clean in me a clean heart, O day, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And then the verse repeats itself. This is really a song, Create in Me a Clean Heart. Uh, it's by uh, Keith Green. And it is all about Psalm 51 that we just read through a little bit. Oh Lord, be with us as we seek a clean heart from you each day. And that we may hear from you and follow your guidance in all that we do and say. I want to close by praying over you today, my friends. I know that this has been a very uh, intimate and uh, thought-provoking message that the Lord brought today. How healthy is your heart, your spiritual heart? And what are you saying to you today? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you the peace that you seek. Amen.